Justin, welcome to Boss. Thank you, Allie. Absolute pleasure to be here. Boss is my amazing executive interview series on LinkedIn. I interview my fabulous network to help others learn, network, and pay it forward. I am somebody who has spent a lifetime at the intersection of three things, storytelling, consumer-facing technology, and brand. And in that intersection, I solve problems that help make brands money. I run a company called the Virtual Brand Group, where we partner with global brands, Mattel, Barbie, Forever 21, The Voice, to help them use and understand the Metaverse Web3 for new ways to connect with consumers, make new revenue, use it as a more effective tool to reach their base than say a legacy social media. And I happen to be a parent and my daughter turned 13 today. So that's top of mind. Happy birthday. What's her name? Margot Plum Hochberg. Nice. How did we meet? How did we get introduced? One of the great connectors out there in the uh, blogosphere, LinkedInosphere, is Matt Wurst of Chasm, who's the CMO, who offers a great product around rewards and loyalty. Justin, how did you get to where you are now? In the pandemic, my kids prior to that were a no-screen family, which if you have any kids, you recognize how hard that is to do when you have kids. Pandemic hits. All of a sudden we go to a 10 hour screen day. Mm -hmm. Six for Zoom, four for Fortnite and Roblox. My wife and I were like, that's ridiculous. If you can't beat them, join them. And what you end up finding out is that Roblox and Fortnite were actually experiences that were social. There weren't video games. They were building friends. There was an economy. And what I realized was when playing with them that it had two out of three things that make a vibrant business opportunity. One, it had global scale of hundreds of millions of people. Two, it had an, its own internal economy. In Fortnite, it's V-Bucks. In Roblox, it's Robux. And you could spend those any way you want. But the one thing that was missing, which is where I come in, is no brands. And what do people like? Whether you like it or not, we all go to the mall in some respect. I looked at that and said, there will eventually be brands because there's too many consumers and too much money being spent. And so I went out and started securing partnerships with global brands, my first one being Forever 21. Why do you think that Roblox and Fortnite broke through versus maybe some other games? Because I know it's true. It's in my house as well. Well, a game has got a beginning, middle, and end. When you play Monopoly, it's a fixed set of rules, and you know that you can't break those rules. These things, unlike games, which is part of the answer to your question, are experiences. You can play for an infinite amount of time with infinite set of different scenarios. Um, it goes back to when I was younger and there was the choose your own adventure. I think that's what was ultimately appealing, especially during the pandemic, when people were isolated without that social behavior. And so you'd find people kids and adults just hanging out. Like there's a real focus on empowering the player or consumer to express themselves in a way that never had been before. What do you want to look like? What do you want to wear? What do you want to acquire? Who do you want to hang out with? All the things that replicate the way humans actually interact with the world. And so you saw a trend happening and then you started thinking about strategy and monetization. How did Forever 21 come to be? I've been working in 
brands, licensing, and developing strategic frameworks to analyze cultural and business trends that are certainly not obvious and are often very rare, which means that I'm typically early in on things with 200 million people on Roblox and 100 million people on Fortnite, plus or minus, and another 100 or so million on Minecraft. It felt like there was enough of a mass. So then you have to start thinking about what are the products that people like in the physical world? And Forever 21, surprising to most, is considered a top 10 Gen Z brand. It might not be as luxury as Gucci or as performance sort of marketing driven as Nike. But so then I went out and hunted for that brand. And it turns out a very large conglomerate called the Authentic Brand Group owns it. They have $18 billion in revenue at 50 different portfolio companies. And I proposed something completely ridiculous. I said three years ago, there's this emerging market. It's a vertical you're not in. It's got scale. And I think you should be a first mover in it. And you should give me the rights for Roblox to build out your experience and become the retailer, your virtual retailer in Roblox. They didn't fully understand what I was talking about, but they believed in me and they're very experimental. So they've got a lot of that DNA. In a very short period of time, we took what was the third brand ever on Roblox and made it into the number one virtual retailer in the world. Amazing. And you did something similar for Mattel and Barbie. We were the exclusive virtual fashion designer and distributor for Barbie this summer. Now, Barbie obviously had a lot going for it this summer. I would say it's, you know, between that and Taylor Swift, the two most pop culture zeitgeist activities. We became the first ever company to build virtual merchandise for Barbie. The first company to ever build AI developed merchandise for Barbie, and it became a massive hit months before the movie came out. I love all of this. For people who are really interested in this, but just don't get it yet, how do they get involved more in this? And then from a holiday perspective, what should I be buying my kids based on everything you've just said? Great questions. You always seem to have your finger on the pulse quite well. This is the way I think about it. Let's not talk about metaverse, technology, et cetera. I'm just gonna spout out a couple statistics. And then I'll ask a simple question. And if the answer is yes, you should be doing it. Right now, you're a brand. Doesn't matter what you sell, but you, you sell something to somebody. So if I told you that there was a mechanism, a tool, a channel, a sales channel, where there were 600 million people in Gen Z and Gen Alpha, which is very elusive, that bought products every month there. Would you want to be in that space, Allie? Yes. Okay. If I told you that the average consumer in that space spends 78 hours a month compared to TikTok, which is usually the gold standard, of 45 hours a month, would you want to be at 78 or 45? If I'm not their parent, probably 78, but we have a bigger question. <laughs> and if I told you 
that we could create a marketing campaign that was really immersive, that got 13% click-through rates or 27% engagement. And the average time spent on a brand activation of something like that was upward between four minutes to 12 minutes. Would you want to be part of that? Yes. I'd also ask how much it costs, right? Right. And the answer is all of that can be delivered at three times the ROI from a legacy social media perspective. Hopefully at this point you're saying, I want to be part of that. And that's all that you need to know as a brand marketer. The reason why I feel so confident is because if you look at kids between nine and 15, there's a shift happening. They are no longer digital natives. We are now shifting to a generation growing up with 3D worlds and buying 3D products, which we call spatial natives. Justin, I'm curious, what are the risks? In, inherent in everything, any business decision is a set of risks. In particular, when it's something that your organization is not familiar with. There's the newness risk, and then there's just the operational risk. Most organizations are not set up to have expertise like this, right? You can have a CMO that's a genius. You can have a chief digital officer, et cetera. But there's very few companies that have the internal human power to do this. The question you have to ask yourself is, if you don't enter this market, even though you're dominant in your sector in the real world, will you be displaced in this virtual world. It's the age old sales question. What is the risk of doing nothing? And then I would say, as you're talking about it too, from a displacement perspective, if you think about holiday lists this year, the fact that again, my children, especially my older son would rather get digital dollars than physical goods is very telling. Yes, in fact, a study came out not long ago that said 79% of kids for the holidays want video game or video game related items. 39% of that was in-game currency. There's no other category that comes close. What do you wanna be known for over the next six to 12 months? I've often said that the goal for the virtual brand group is to be the first company to sell 1 billion virtual goods and be the next iteration of Amazon through being a virtual company. A great goal. Do you think that that can be accomplished in six to 12 months? Or Here's the wonderful thing about virtual goods. There's no supply chain issues. There's no size issues. There's no returns. And there's a hundred percent margin on every single item, right? So is it possible? Absolutely, because once you start building something and putting it out there, if it catches fire, I can sell as many as I as human as any human being wants on the planet in every country with at the exact same moment. And so is it possible? That's the beauty of this ecosystem. That's exactly why it's possible. And that's exactly why it's better than physical retail or physical goods, because I don't have any of those constraints. Love that. Justin, thank you so much for being on Boss. Everyone should watch, share, and stay tuned till the next one. Thanks, Justin.